0: Um, and so I'm just going to recap a little bit, uh, just so we can have a better context of why we were studying, uh, the minor prophets. Um, so let's recap here. So recap the, so we have profit, right? Profit priest, okay. these were, and these were mediatorial uh, roles uh, back then. And so the prophet was, uh... What's the role of the prophet, Eric? (laughs) Uh,
1: Someone speaking on behalf of God.
0: Okay, yeah. So, on behalf of God, right? So it goes to here, to the people, right? So God to the people. And then the priest is... The priest is uh, the people, right? Represents the people to God, right? And then the king is, uh, is a representation of... Uh, the people, right? The, he rules over the people, <coughs> and so oh, these were the three three roles. And so, um, so we were talking about the prophets uh, when we were going through the the, the prophet series. Um, and uh, I have to do a bonus question. A bonus question is: Who is our prophet, priest, and king today? <laughs> so
1: easy. <laughs> Yeah
0: Jesus. Yes. yeah, Jesus, right? Jesus fills all these roles, right? Um, he fills all these roles. He's, he, he rules the people. He, he brought the message to uh, God's message, and he was a sacrifice, right? So he fills all these roles. Uh, we're going to talk about the prophet um, and their role. And Malachi is the last prophet. Uh, <coughs> Any questions? you guys No. Pretty straightforward. straightforward. Okay. All right. So, uh, just to review really quickly, um, Michael had this really good intro on on uh, on, uh, on the prophets and how, what kind of where they fit in, and um, was kind of like a brief intro to uh, covenant theology. Um, and so we talked about how he talked about how um, all of history is under the covenant of grace, right? So let me just draw this picture. This was Michael's picture right here. is not I'm not this smart, but um, so back then we had the uh, let's see. We had Eden, right? We had Eden, promised land, and New Earth, right? And so so this one was a covenant of works, right? It was we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago about um, how Adam was kind of uh, Uh, our representative the federal head right so covenant works and it goes to Adam right and what what happened here we all know Adam failed right Um, and so if but if he did not fail it, it was kind of a probationary period where we would have enjoyed the fruits of heaven heaven was on probation right
1: What does that mean? Heaven was on probation, like like when a prisoner is on probation.
0: Uh, you want to answer that? <laughs> <coughs> um, it just kind of means it means like so so a, as Adam was uh, was faced with the the um <clears throat> uh, the decision to follow God, uh, follow through with uh, not eating from from the tree, um, or if he if he. If he succeeded, then it would have been uh, fruitful. It would have been heaven, right? Whereas if he failed, then uh, we would have had the fall, which which we have. And so it was kind of a probationary period um, where it was kind of like a test for him right? uh, to test his character. Um, and so we have this. So this is in the beginning, right? So there's three, these three things, right? Uh, so promised land, right? Promised land, we have the Mosaic covenant, which is also also like a covenant in the works, Mosaic covenant, uh, and then this is Israel, right, and they fail, this one might grow a symbol of heaven, right, and he talks about how, um, uh, how if, um, if the people, if the, uh, God's people, if they were to remain righteous and they were, uh, to follow through, um, then they would enter the promised land and they would remain there and they would um, they'd just enjoy the fruits of that land and they would prosper, right? Um, and so this is talking about the physical land, right? And then the new earth, really quickly here. We have uh covenant of grace, right? Covenant grace. And here, who do we have? We have Jesus, right? Let's see. And we have Kevin Hey Tommy Yeah, of heaven So this Yeah, so this was talked about in uh, Michael's intro I encourage you guys to like uh, Listen to that, it was really good Um, And so we have these three three pictures, right? And we're here, we're in the promised land Uh, We're talking about uh, the prophets here The prophets are covenant prosecutors, right? So because Israel fails to live up to the law uh, The prophets uh, calling them out and um, yeah, just calling them to repent uh, and uh, warning them of impending judgment um, and also uh, a salvation, uh, who they have to look forward to in Jesus. So, any questions on this? We have the three pictures there. Yeah, and one really important point um, that was really interesting was uh, the Mosaic covenant was, in, in a sense, it was. There was no way they could have succeeded here. They were going to fail, right? Um, but um, um, but it was it was really to show that God, despite their failures, that they're still in the covenant of grace. And so um, even if they try to be good, even if you know they try to uh, fulfill the law, they can't, right? Uh, yet God still loves them, and they're they're um, they uh, get happiness because they're in this covenant of grace. So they they get to enjoy. Um, uh, uh, the fruits of heaven, uh, as long as they have this uh, saving faith, right? So does that make sense? Is that kind of confusing? It's really brief snapshot, and then uh, it goes much deeper. So,
2: Yeah, if I could just add, yeah, I, I
0: think I know where you're going.
2: So, you're, you're trying to say that that middle thing, the Promised Land, yes. is really repeating the Garden of Eden experience, mm-hmm. because the Promised Land is described as a Garden Land, yeah. Right. And they're given they're given a probation, a test, just like Adam was given a test. Yes. And if and if Israel keeps the test, just as Adam had kept the test, just as Adam was supposed to keep the test, then they get to stay in the garden, they get to enjoy the fruits of the garden. Yeah. But just like Adam they they break the law, they sin yeah. and then they're expelled from the garden. Just like Adam is expelled from the garden. Yeah. That would be what we would call exile. Yes. They're exiled to Babylon. And so they're repeating the experience of Eden. They're repeating the experience of Adam. Mm -hmm. But it's not like it's a true repeat because it's still all under grace. They're going through this experience simply to drive home the fact that they, like Adam, failed. I mean, you know, Adam was the real test. Israel is really just echoing the failure of Adam so that we're prepared for the uh, the true test, which is, um, Jesus succeeding for us, right, yes, yeah. and then the, uh, all these things were just like foreshadows of the real garden, which will be the new yeah. heavens and new earth, and Jesus is the true adam he 's the second Adam, and where everyone else failed, he will succeed, mm-hmm. and because he 's our representative <coughs> head, we will we will stay in the garden and yes, we will enjoy yeah. you know the benefits of the
0: garden yeah, and just as Adam was uh, in the garden, he failed, Although, uh, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane right, and he succeeded right so it's awesome, right? We have this we're, we're here we're in the covenant of grace um,
2: so so the the last two categories, promised land or new earth, they're yeah. both under grace. Yes, yeah, everyone is yeah. saved by grace. everyone's saved by um, the Messiah. yeah, it's Good. just that the middle one it's 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 re-echoing the garden experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really confusing for me before where like we have the Mosaic covenant, which is a covenant of of pretty much of of works in a sense, right? Uh, yet they're still; they fall under the covenant of grace, and so so you hear a lot of, in the Bible, in the prophets, you see a lot of do this, and then you know um, you'll be blessed if um, they fail, right? Um,
1: but yeah, it's really a, so they failed good, singularly; they failed mm-hmm. collectively in our own flesh. But yeah. where we fail, kind of like David, David taking uh, <coughs> the troth of the Israelites against Goliath, one person. Took on all of the heat for the all of the battle mm-hmm. by having done it, and that's our Lord. He's yeah. a symbol of our Lord. So, um, so he's being the one that was picked by God to take this, and we just trust in His, and now we defeat the Philistines this way, yeah. or I should say, evil, by trusting yes. in Him. Yeah, um, yeah. He Jesus was our representative. Yeah, um, and so. So we what we couldn't do in ourselves, God sent someone to do. For yes, that. yes. But 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 to transition
2: to the prophet, well, I guess yeah. we transition to Malachi, yes. the role of these prophets is that they're telling Israel, you know, shape up, obey the law, or you're going to lose the land, you're going to lose the garden. Yeah. But then it's really confusing because the prophets say if you don't obey, you're going to be exiled. And then they're like, and then they start talking about grace all of a sudden and how we're going to enter this new earth. Right. So it's like, so it's both, right? You know, if you disobey, you'll be expelled from the garden. Mm-hmm. But God's going to give you the
0: ultimate garden on grace. Yes. Yeah. This was, right. yeah, this was to, for me, I had to like, This to is the way you're supposed for a while. to read the, the, the it's, kind of yeah. it's good though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's where we are. We're in prophets and we're in the last any questions on that really quick actually <laughs> no yeah there's a, so that's a really brief uh, snapshot of just kind of the picture of um, of, uh, of the bible um, alright let's see here yeah so we went through Amos Micah uh, there's kind of an emphasis on social, social justice um, and Zephaniah Joel and all of these were just kind of like a, a indictment um um and a call to repentance and uh, kind of uh, uh, impending judgment and, and uh and salvation and, and salvation coming in uh, to play. Um and so now we go to Micah let's see here. oh Ma- sorry malachi mm-hmm. let's start with M so
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Okay um so we'll we'll go quickly who is uh Malachi and what is the historical context, right? this quick. Was that kind of a clear picture for, was that clear, John, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it made sense? <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, so here's a quick timeline. Let's uh, We have, okay, so I'm just gonna place, uh, I'm gonna place Malachi in kind of this history, right? So I think was it Michael, was it uh what they split in around nine nine twenty or so, nine hundred BC the, where, kingdom yeah, split.
2: the kingdom split. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, probably the mid nine say nine hundred Solomon, right? Solomon's nine fifty, so yeah. Okay, so this is when when uh uh when Israelites BC. were one one kingdom, right? Yeah, BC. This is all B C right? Um and then we have uh seven twenty two, right? This is when Israel fell. So so the kingdom split into two, right? The ki- do you guys know which what, what the kingdoms are? Someone just, just look for to say it
1: out. <laughs> Israel in the north and Judah in yeah. the
0: south. So Israel fell in 722, Judah in 586, right? Judah. <laughs> this is BC, right? DC. So these are the two kingdoms. So it used to be one, it split into two, right? And, and then these two, the uh, Assyrians took over Israel, and then the Babylonians in, uh, in 586 took over Judah right and so the uh, the people were exiled and so uh, in 538 right uh, Babylonian Cyrus the Great allows uh, the Jews to return to their land right so return return and so um, Malachi uh, they're not exactly sure but they, they uh, estimate Malachi to be around 450. So this is post-exilic, um, they they were exiled here and they return here, and so now the, the the Jews are in the back in the land, um, and Malachi is right here. Okay. and he's the last prophet. Yes, last prophet, and then we have Jesus like in five or four BC or so. Here's Jesus right. So last prophet here, and so we have this kind of. Maybe around four hundred um, years of uh, nothing, right, before Jesus uh, arrives, and so it's the end of the o, uh, the OT. Okay. so any questions so far?
2: So, so uh, Judah is exiled. They go to Babylon, mm-hmm. and then they come back. Yes. Yeah. They they're come allowed, back and then they resettle yeah.
0: Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They resettle. Yeah. The temple's uh, still there. Well, they had to rebuild the yeah, temple. Yeah, yeah they rebuilt the temple. Um, yeah, and so this is where we're at right now. Uh, we're we're kind of in this in this area right
1: Do both uh, kingdoms return at the same time, or is um, it, um,
2: Israel? The the northern tribes never return.
1: Mm.
0: Only Judah returns. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the that's uh, where we're at in history, uh, what we're talking about. Um, and so we see... Although, I
2: mean, you know, Israel, like when they exiled, they exiled the elites, they left kind of like the hoi polloi, the, the peasant people, <coughs> and then they the Assyrians sent in other ethnicities as a way to subjugate the land. And so then they mixed, and then they mm-hmm. became what? Do you guys know? Samaritans. They became the Samaritans. The Samaritans are the half-breed Israelites and other ethnicities mixed in together. And so when the Jews mm-hmm. come back, they look at the Samaritans like, you know, <laughs> yeah. You. And half-breeds. You.
0: <laughs> yeah, so and, and around this time we have, uh, uh, they had religious freedom, right, but they were under kind of the Persian rule, um, and they were no longer an independent nation, right, and they didn't have a, a Davidic king to rule over them. Um, and so this was a time of a spiritual destitution, right? And there was a lot of um, uh, just kind of uh, economic uh, uh, turmoil and whatnot, right? So it just it just wasn't a good picture. It wasn't glorious whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> and so there was also there's no real evidence of God among the people. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, um, in a bit uh and so the temple was rebuilt, but it was no longer glorious as the Jews had thought the prophecies of Haggai and Zechariah promised. Uh, it was inferior. So, so Haggai will will read a little bit later where uh, Haggai um, prophesied that uh, the temple was going to be greater than than the former temple, right? It's going to be like really, really glorious. Uh, so the Temple was really good, but here it's like the people are like, "What's going on? It's it's really bad, right?" Uh, it's just it's just uh, a lot of um, spiritual decay and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, so Malachi come, comes in, uh, comes on the scene, and uh, and he has this message for the people. Um, and so the message is in the form of six uh, disputes, uh, disputations uh, between God and His people. Um, and so each one comes in the form of a declaration, and the people questioning, and then God responds. Right. Uh, so we're gonna go through that. Any questions so far? Matt? Yeah, okay, so we'll go through the first one. Um, it's uh, it's on God's love. Um, Tommy, can you read that for us? Malachi uh, 1 to 2 5.
1: <clears throat> Malachi 1 2 to 5. Yeah. I have loved you, says the Lord, <clears throat> but you say, how have you loved us? It's not Esau, Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yeah, I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert if edom says we are shattered but we will rebuild the rooms the lord host says they may build but i will tear down and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the lord is angry forever <clears throat> your own eyes shall see this <clears throat> and you shall say great is the lord beyond the border of israel
0: yeah, yeah so god's just reminding them um, just of the covenant they have them right we have you guys remember the story of uh, Jacob and Esau, where um, uh, Isaac uh, was going to bless Esau, and then Jacob tricks him, and and so, in God's uh, so- God sovereignly favors Jacob, right? Even though it's, it was a uh, kind of messy, um, um, but God chose Jacob over Esau, right? Uh, so it's kind of a um, a favor. That, uh, God favored. Uh, um, the line that Jacob is going to go through rather than um, Esau. Um, and so uh, we see that uh, Esau, uh, out of Esau came the Edomites, right? And so we're talking here and we see uh, that uh, they're talking here about um, uh, uh, the Edomites and how... Uh, Can you
2: draw a map for us? A map? I love maps. Let me
0: try... <laughs> I don't know where that geography <laughs> This is a test for you. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna draw the Mediterranean first. Put That's always no, the easiest. please. I think I'll need to look at the back of my Bible. Yeah, okay, I'll draw it. For you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> this is the Mediterranean, right? This is um,
1: Egypt.
2: Red Sea. This is Egypt. Okay. And then this is roughly Israel, right? And then this is Judah, right? Lost. They come back. Um, And this is, uh, what is this? This, There's a river here Jordan. Jordan, right? And then um, right here is Edom. And then the thing with Edom is they would always harass, you know. They're, they would, like, attack Judah, harass Judah. When Judah came back to establish the temple, they would, like, attack them. They didn't want, you know, Judah to rebuild the temple, and so they were like enemies.
0: Yeah, um, and so the people were questioning, right, why why the, um, why the Edomites were kind of oh, more, more prosperous than them, right? Uh, Judah was like, Are, Aren't we your people? And and so they're questioning uh, God's love for them, um, and God re- reminds them um, that uh, um, of the covenant that they have, right? That uh, they are God's people, right? And and they are not the Edomites are not. Um, yeah. Any questions uh, on that? Yes.
2: How is that like? You know, if I say to Christina. You love me," she says. "Yes, I love you because I hate Harry. <laughs> Can you
0: explain why that's a comforting word?
2: <laughs> when I see yeah, well, Harry, I slap him. When I see
0: you, I hug you. Well, it was it was kind of a, uh, a reminder for Judah that God sovereignly favored them that to, that through them they would uh, uh, he would grant them a, a, <clears throat> I would say I say a privileged role in redemptive history as a bearer of the messianic uh, promise, um, and so it was through. Through them that uh, the Messiah was going to come, um, that God was going to be faithful to His people, um, and so and and Edomites they didn't have anything to do with uh, the um, they were had no part of this, right? So God it wasn't that God in a sense uh, um, I read it wasn't like through animosity, but it was just that they that God rejected uh, Esau and the uh, and his line to, to fulfill the role of uh, bringing about a, a, a Messiah. Does that sound right? <laughs> or did you have something deeper than that? Um,
2: no, I, yeah, I think that's right. I think that yeah. the reason why that's a comfort is because Edom is the enemy of Judah. Mm. You know, Edom uh, is constantly harassing. Edomites are constantly, uh, you know, raiding Judah, killing Ju- uh, uh, the Jews. And so God says, here's how I love you. I'm going to protect you. Yeah. I'm going to bring justice. So really when he says, I hate, it's re- he's really talking about justice. Mm. I'm gonna, they're going to they're gonna have justice.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, if, we, yeah if you I think uh, it
2: offends us, we don't like to read, Jacob, I love Esau, I hate it. Yeah. Why doesn't God love everybody? <laughs> but um, it's actually uh, an incredible comfort because what God is saying is, I'm going to bring justice on evildoers.
0: Yeah. And so, so even though they didn't see it at the moment, uh, God reminded them that this is what's going to happen. Like, um, reminded them of the love for them and the hate. Them, right? Their rejection of uh, their enemies. Yeah, any other questions?
1: So Esau was essentially Edom, Moab, Ammon, uh, and those other people on the east side of the Jordan. No, Esau, the the descendants of Esau is Edom. The
2: Moabites, who were the Moabites? They were Lot's descendants, I think. Um, they, they, uh, so each of the each of the the peoples that were uh, not of Israel has a, a forefather. Somehow, almost everyone near Edom was somehow connected to the Abrahamic line. Right. right? So there's the Ishmaelites, their descendants of Ish Ishmael. Right. And so Herod. it's kind of tricky because Edom, Moab, it doesn't sound like their progenitor. But I believe Moab is uh, Lot. Don't know. do you, know? you don't know we can check, we can check. <laughs> we'll check later <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but Esau's descendants yeah. is Edom oh, okay. yeah. Edom means red Right. and um, because um, Esau he was really yeah, red correct. when he came out I it. just, means red. Huh. and I think the land of Edom is kind of reddish so it's kind of like fitting
0: yeah yeah, it is. yeah. Dirty. <laughs> yeah. that's good um, yeah so we'll move on to the second one it's uh um And now uh, we, we talk about how um, uh, how the priest, uh, they're, they're, uh, Malachi remi- uh, shows this picture of the priest, right? The, the priest in, um, uh, in Judah, how they're just blaspheming God through their uh, unacceptable sacrifices, right? And we'll read about that. Um, uh, Ashley, can you read for us? Well, Malachi 1, 6 to 8.
2: A son honors his father, and a servant his
0: master. <clears throat> if then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the
1: Lord of hosts to you, O priest who despise my name.
0: But you say, How have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, How have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil?
2: when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil present that present that to your governor? will he accept you or show you favor? says the Lord of hosts oh that yeah. there
0: yeah, were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you since the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand,
1: yeah
0: yeah Tanya's just talking about how bad the offerings was, like God <laughs> would say it's better to not offer to close the doors of of uh <clears throat> of the temple. Um, yeah, just better not to offer than to offer like uh, blemished uh, sacrifices. Um, so, so we see here that, uh, um, what's say? Yeah, God declares that His people don't honor and fear Him, right? Um, and the and the the people ask like, how? How is that so? And and we're we get the answer here. How? God says uh, that they're just offering them really bad. Uh, sacrifices, right? And we know that the priests were kind of—we uh, talked about earlier—the priests were a kind of um, a representation of the people, right? Uh, to to God, um, and so uh, the priests had a, a really, um, in a sense, a really high role. Right? They they represented the people, and they were they offered sacrifices. And um, uh, let's see. what would
2: be like the modern equivalent of that? I meant like how they offered blind animals, lame and sick animals and sacrifices Mm -hmm. and causes. You're giving me like crappy sacrifices. Um, What would be like,
1: do you think we do that today? How would that be? Yeah, when we offer him something that it's of no value to us, like it's of no cost to us. Like David said, when he bought the threshing floor, he says, I won't. Accept this as a gift to give to the Lord. I'll pay you for it because otherwise it means nothing. So when we give our tithes, let's say we don't give a full ten percent, or we give ten percent of our net, or something like that, uh, we're 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 shorting, we're shortchanging our Lord in the quality and the quantity of what we should be giving. <clears throat> and actually, when we give ourselves, when we give only partially of ourselves. You know, in our walk, uh, when we don't <coughs> control our thoughts and our actions and our words. Yeah. And in short, when we don't love others, no matter whether they hate us or not. Because if you love, and that, that's what our Lord's sacrifice is all about and is all about, is, is uh, love uh, overcomes everything and it, it fulfills the law in and of itself without us having to go via... Commandment 1, Commandment yeah. 3, Commandment 4, maybe. No, it's all there. fulfills the law of the prophets. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to be speaking. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: no it's, a, it's a group thing. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
1: Does um, that, that kind of get to your point? No, yeah, it was a question,
2: do we do it today? I think you're right. Um, when we give our second best to God, can I just say, <laughs> I kind of beat this drum a lot when people stay up really late Saturday night because they want to squeeze as much goodness out of the weekend. And then they come Sunday morning and they're exhausted. For, you know, they're just so tired because they didn't go to sleep early. They're giving God their second best. right? You're, you're basically coming to God and you're giving your sacrifices and it's a, and it's a, bl- a blind, lame, sickly animal. So here, Lord, I worship you. You need to give God your absolute best. You know, and so... That means uh, going to sleep early. That means preparing your heart Saturday night. Um, that means even when you're offering tithes, you do it heart, with, with heartfelt devotion rather than just sort of like, I've got to do it. You know, In all things, you've got to do it with excellence. God wants our excellence.
1: You know, it also applies to uh, keeping the Lord's Day holy, yeah. the Sabbath. And that means rest. Because if you don't, the rest of your week is, <clears throat> is, uh, is kind of piecemeal. What happens is you get up Monday and you're just as tired as you were Friday, and so when I get up Monday, I'm charged, you know, because I sleep. I everybody says Jimmy, you sleep so much. I said, Yeah, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, it, it helps to you. You rest on the days off, on that day. Off.
0: Yeah, I, I like the kind of um, what the ESV said, uh, the ESV Study Bible said about um, the focus on being on the Israel's priesthood because it was their responsibility, right, to guard the sanctuary. Um, from defilement, yet they're offering uh, these these lame, blind, uh, and sick animals, right? Um, and then I, I like how uh, had a little quote here from Matthew Henry. Um, it says, "Nothing profanes the name of God more than the misconduct of those whose business it is to do honor to it." Um, I thought that was really good. How, um, yeah, how the focus is really on the priests uh, who are supposed to guard uh, the sanctuary, right? Um, yeah. Any questions on on the second point? We'll, now we'll move on. Oh, one one thing I, I do want to say that was really interesting. Uh, Malachi two three says, I don't have it here, uh, but that it was um, uh, that God said He would He was gonna take the dung of the animals um, and smear it on their faces, right, and, and take it out and it was back then the sacrifice um anytime they sacrificed an animal right they would uh take the dung out um before they sacrificed it and they would uh take it out of the camp and burn it right and so god says he's gonna take the dung and smear it on, the, on their faces right and take them out w- along with the the dung it's like wow it was so so graphic right and how it just it speaks of really how important it is to sacrifice uh
2: um, yeah, how angry god
1: is yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's it's Yes, like no joking matter how how God takes these sacrifices um, so importantly, right? And so the people should. um. Okay, so we'll move on to the third point here. (laughs) Any uh, comments, Eric?
1: I never never knew that God. Yeah. I
0: I thought that's pretty interesting. So, uh, so their point was that they were defiling the covenant of marriage through interfaith. Marriage and divorce. Um, let's see. And we'll, t- well, let's read. Uh, let's read thirteen. Uh, can or can you read thirteen, starting from thirteen, for us?
1: Yeah. And the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with we- weeping and groaning, because He no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, Why does He not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless though she is your companion and your wife not covenant, <clears throat> Did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking, godly offspring? So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and <clears throat> do not be faithless.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I Maca mean, here's uh, talking about how uh, important was uh, how the marriage was a covenant, right, um, and how they were just, uh, the Israelites were just very, uh, uh, just whatever about it, right, they were just, uh, they were okay with divorcing um, their wives, and they were marrying um, uh, non-believers, right, interfaith marriage, um, and so there was kind of a, a also an emphasis on how, um, yeah, how important a, a marriage covenant is, um, and and in intermarrying, um, people of different faith, uh, we is talking about how there's, it says God the offspring, right? When, when, when you marry, then then you want to have God the offspring, and so kind of it's lost there th- through interfaith marriage. Um, and so, um, yeah, um, yeah. One important thing was uh, one, one interesting was that. Uh, that I read that there's only uh, Malachi and Proverbs uh, speak explicitly that marriage is a covenant. Uh, other in the other parts of the Bible, it's kind of uh, implied. Um, I thought that was an interesting fact, but but again, Malachi just really speaks of the importance of marriage and how yeah, the Israelis are just so nonchalant about it. They're just whatever about it. Um, this one was a little bit uh, confusing for me for for 16, uh, verse 16. Uh, maybe my here. Um, for the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts, so guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. Um, and there's kind of, I, I think, a bit of debate of what covers his garment with violence means. Um, one thing it, c- it could mean which just means that it's it defiles a person's character uh, or that just God hates um, the person uh, or divorce itself. Uh, yeah you guys have any questions for for uh, for
1: number three this is one of the main things that our Lord comes up with when he talks about the unfaithful Israel he always points out adultery Mm -hmm. wicked and adulterous generation he (coughs) singles out you know adultery is wickedness but he singles out adultery as as a witness, as a, as something that particularly um, angers him because it's breaking faith with your partner, especially the partner of your youth. So you can you can kind of see here he's bringing it out, and it, it, like you say, it's an exclamation point regarding divorce and remarriage, and adultery.
0: Yeah, yeah, again the covenant was uh it was not just two people, right? It's it was uh, a three way relationship, right? Um what we see is I guess the uh, where did it go? Um, yeah, fifteen it says, Did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? Uh right, so the spirit's in there. Um and so so it's so important that uh they maintain that covenant. Uh Right. It was linked to kind of their spiritual well-being and and kind of uh, um, keeping the the marriage must be in good repair, right? Or else, you know, kind of you hinder your your walk with God. Um, and so there's kind of an emphasis there on on just uh, what that is. Um, yeah. Okay. That we'll move on to four. Um, four is uh, wearing God with words. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, we'll see. Wait, it, can I say something? Yes. Of course. Because of time limitations. Yeah
2: probably, of course, end with the grace. Okay. I mean, we're oh, gonna, we're gonna, I mean, otherwise we just feel battered, right? Yes. Just yes. this like, yes, yes, yes. Wow. We hand. can't obey the law. So maybe just two more. Okay. One real okay. quick, and then the uh, the last one.
0: Okay. Um. Okay. I have to pick four, five, or six. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end with the last one then. Um, <laughs> so end with six. We'll, uh, speaking harshly about God, right? Uh, Hannah, can you read really quickly yeah. three us. Malachi three for Malachi three thirteen.
2: Yeah. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, How have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping His charge or walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant, blessed, evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. Yeah,
0: thanks. Uh, yeah, so God uh, um, says so the people speak harshly about him, right? And people ask how, and God says the people have questioned God's goodness, right? Uh, again, kind of, they see this spiritual um, decay in, in the land, and, and they're, they're asking God, what's going on, right? You're not even here, you're not visible. Uh, one thing that was really important... Uh, um, is that uh, we talked about it uh, briefly? Uh, Haggai two nine promised that the rebuilt temple uh, was going to be filled with uh, an even greater measure of glory than Solomon's, right? And they're so they're they're kind of in a sense they're um, they're questioning God's uh, promises, they're questioning His love for them, um, and and so <clears throat> so yeah, they just uh, they just don't trust God, um, and they don't they don't uh, believe that He's there with them. Um, yet God says uh, uh, that He's going to uh, spare those who fear Him and esteem His name. Right? Uh, this distinction shall be made between the righteous and the wicked, um, and the one who serves God and the one who does not. Right? Uh, so, so uh, with all of that uh, said, it's just uh, after those six disputes. Then there's kind of a um, near the end. We'll go to the last page here. Um, well, let me, uh, Hannah, can you read Malachi four for us really quick?
2: Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and you will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their <coughs> fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yeah, Horeb's just Mount uh, Mount Sinai. Um, so, <coughs> so Malachi saying here that, uh, or or God's uh, God saying that. Um, there's going to be, he's pointing forward, right, to, to, right, I will send you Elijah the prophet, right, before the awesome day of the Lord comes, um, and so he's kind of warning the people that, uh, (laughs) that God's coming, right, uh, that uh, there's going to be, um, there's going to be judgment, and there's also going to be salvation for those who remain faithful, Uh, and we see in Luke 1.13, we'll read that, but, uh, we see John the Baptist come, uh, come on the scene, um, and, uh, Verse seventeen says, uh, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, right? So we see John the Baptist is the one that ushers in Jesus, right? Um, he Ushers in the Messiah, um, and so it's Prophet Malachi already prophesied that this is going to happen, that there's going to be a messenger um, that's going to bring um, uh, the true messenger in, right? Uh, that's going to bring. So John, John the Baptist is bringing Jesus. Um, and so we have this final uh, uh, exhortation that God <coughs> uh, he urges the people to remember the importance of God's covenant with them. Uh, God's love God's, God loves His people and is active in bringing about hope for His people and judgment for the wicked. Uh, God's people have the great day of the Lord to look forward to when the spirit of Elijah, uh, John the Baptist, will usher in the Messiah. Yeah. Sorry, that's kind of quick. Uh, you guys have any questions on that?
2: how is that a grace what was that? Okay. how is that a a comforting word um
0: just to i guess remind them of that there is a messiah that uh that as they trust uh in this messiah that that's going to redeem them um then that's the grace they they know that they're in a sense they can't uh, uh keep up with this and they they don't they they um um yeah (laughs) yeah i (laughs) I think like
2: verse six solves a problem right verse six in malachi four he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children the hearts of children to their fathers because if you think back to all the problems of israel it has Mm. to do ultimately not with their actions but from the heart right yeah um and their heart is broken and wrong and twisted. How can how can we obey when our hearts are broken? How can we offer God right sacrifices when um, when our heart doesn't want to? You know. And uh, so God says, "Here's grace. I'm going to change your heart for you. You know, and I'm going to send someone who who will prepare the way for reward. And uh, this person will, will turn the hearts back to the people, and that is an amazing grace, and it's, it's unconditional, because God doesn't say, "If you obey me, then I will send somebody who will change your heart. He says, "I'm going to change your heart." Um, it's completely unconditional. And so it, it, you know, Malachi um, one through four uh, one through uh, four, three is really just preparing us for the grace of verse five and six, right? Because it's saying, obey, do this, you're wrong, yeah. you're evil, and you're supposed to feel battered and defeated. You're supposed to feel um, inadequate, and then you're ready to hear grace. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, when we, you know, when we modern people read Malachi, we're supposed to re-experience what Israel expo- experienced mm-hmm. to a degree, <clears throat> in the sense that we're supposed to feel our inadequacy, we're supposed to feel the weight of the impossibility of obeying the law. Um,
0: and then we can appreciate grace in mm-hmm. Jesus. That's really good. Christians will end with that? Okay, end with that. Father, thanks so much for uh, for just Jesus and grace uh, that uh, we know we can't uh, ever keep up um, uh, uh, just with our obedience to you. We always fail. We always struggle. And we thank you that uh, we have um, this great hope um, in Jesus uh, that he's redeemed us and uh, yeah thank you so much for grace we pray father that uh, uh, as we worship you um, next hour that uh, it would be pleasing to you that uh, our hearts will be turned to you uh, and broken for you and we love you we pray these in, son- in your son's name
1: amen